Sorry, Cup, and welcome to another episode here on the Funkhead Pod on the MMA Monday. And this time around, it's going to be really short and sweet because I'm making some changes to the MMA Monday, as you know it. <laughs> um, I tried it already over the past few weeks, but I realized I should make it like more distinct. So starting next week, starting this week already, but the next week like fully without the announcement, uh, the MMA Monday here for the Funkhead Pod will cover more of what's happening in the media. How are fighters using the media? Uh, what could they have done better? Uh, maybe they can learn something here. I'll also use some media theories to explain what they should do better and how to do it better so that they might even learn something when watching or listening to this podcast. Um, why? Because, well, that, that's my wheelhouse, so working in the media. And I realized the fight reviews, recaps, and so on, and you don't need me for that. Okay, there are thousands, a million podcasts out there that, that do that. Not necessarily better, but they have a bigger platform already. So I'm going to focus on what I'm good at, I hope, I think, which is explaining how the media works. And then eventually, of course, also how the fighters could utilize the media. So I will keep, a, keep an eye on that and um, be more active in this regard moving forward. Now, just like to try my hand on that this week, it's going to be really tough. Because let's be honest, the UFC fight night, uh, fight card, Makachev versus Bobby Green. While we all, all love Bobby Green, obviously, um, there's not much to talk about necessarily how, for example, Isa Makachev uses social media. And I think one of the problems that Makachev faces is like his media parents. Not necessarily that he doesn't have a TikTok, or maybe he has, I don't know. But, um, I mean, we don't know much about Islam Makachev, right? We just know that DC is super high on him, that Khabib is super high on him, and they all want him to be the next champion. And every time someone gets picked to be the next big thing, the audience is already resentful towards that, right? So that's why, for example, I think lots of us were looking forward to seeing what Benil Darius would have done with, with or to Islam Makachev. And now, of course, no one really believes that Bobby Green will pull off the upset on like a week's or one and a half weeks or so notice. So back to the point, um, Makachev could use social media to create or, I don't know, he doesn't need to create a fake persona, but just to, I don't know, let us, let us in to who is he, what's, what drives him, Things like this, but more understand as we move forward with the with the um, MMA Monday here. Bobby Green at least does things while he's got airtime, right? After interviews, when he wins, even if he loses, but in interviews, he doesn't hold back. He runs around with the middle fingers in the air and stuff. And that's part of his persona. And that's why people like him, I guess. So he could also do more, of course. But again, we will analyze those things as we move forward and um, starting next week. Um, the rest of the card is, of course, even less to be talked about in this in this regard. Not that they weren't good fighters, but they just don't get the coverage, of course. Right? I think the next biggest name is uh, Misha Sirkonov on there, which um, a hardcore probably know, but the casual person might not know Misha Sirkonov and. It also comes back to, of course, how the UFC treats their talent and how the UFC 
promotes them and shows them in the media, social media, but also like in traditional media, of course. Um, and speaking of which, like talent being showcased in the media and so on. Um, yeah, one thing that was rather surprising, and I'm very happy that this also got talked about, was how little actually Isol Adesanya was in the media leading up to his latest fight. And he went on several podcasts. And while it's that's cool that he goes on podcasts that are listened to anyways, like, for example, Flagrant 2 with Andrew Schultz and then and the Brilliant Idiots with, with Schultz and Charlemagne the God, he repeated like lots of the, his, his points like very frequently there, right? So, but it's fair. I mean, same questions, same answers. Okay, no problem. Uh, one of the things that they talked about, I think, with Andrew Schultz was that uh, he didn't get like much media coverage leading up to the fight. And he said, and this apparently was also now they're speculating, maybe because he didn't agree to a contract before. Now that he signed a new contract, this might change, right? But the UFC could also, of course, do like a better job there, um, being less petty. <laughs> but um, how to utilize, I know, the talent that they have to showcase several angles um, to reach a new audience, a bigger audience, a wider audience, especially now that the pay-per-view sales uh, or like the costs for pay-per-views go up. Why wouldn't you want to utilize it more? But then... If you negotiate with someone, you're like, hey, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to shine a light on you because then you say you're going to want to have more money. It seems a little bit petty um, for a company that has all the money. But who am I? I'm, I'm not the business person. I'm like the media person. So we will also look into how this could have been done better or how this could be done better moving forward to reach different kinds of audiences because there are different kinds of audiences that watch the UFC, that watch MMA, for example. And Maybe we're just going to go into like an audience analysis uh, next week. We're going to talk about who watches UFC broadcasts and who follows the stuff throughout the week. Who watches the, the podcast and the YouTube shows and I know I was about to say Mortal Kombat, Morning Kombat and all those shows, the Helvani stuff. Who watches that and like who doesn't but who still tunes into the fights? This would be interesting. Maybe, maybe we will do this the next week. That's, I think would be a cool start actually. Um, yeah. What else did I want to talk about this week? Oh, of course. Um, the last thing I want to talk about this week, um, as I said, I'm going to start with like doing some research on all the topics I just mentioned and then jump right into it next week. Um, one championship is going to happen again, again on Friday. It's going to be live, uh, on Friday. It says live in three days, 23 hours within four days. Okay. While well, I'm looking at the one championship uh, website and it's going to be headlined and it's a bit disappointing. Not, not, not to take away from the accomplishments of the champion, the world champion, um, Rene de Ritter from Netherlands, who is like just running rampant in, in, in this uh, middleweight division. He's also just so much bigger than everybody in the division. Like he, he assaulted Ong Lan Sang, the former champion, twice. <laughs> um, crazy. Uh, so, yeah. He's going to fight uh, Kyamrian Abbasov um, from Kyrgyzstan, who I don't know that much about, to be honest. Irene de Ritter is thought to be one of the few one-championship athletes that apparently lots of people out there regard as also UFC talent. I that's hard decision for me to make because who am I to say that this or that person is UFC talent. But so far, his fights have always seemed rather easy for him. So let's see if Kiamran Abasov uh, can give him some difficulties. Unfortunately, there are no facts like on, on the one championship website like 
size for example the ritter always outsizes his opponents or at least he did so far so i wonder like how big uh abasov is for example but i guess we will see on friday uh co-main event is light heavyweight kickboxing world championship between the champion roman quicklier from ukraine <laughs> interesting and murad aigun from the netherlands slash turkey um yeah quicklier i I wasn't a big fan before, but in his last fight, I actually kind of like turned the corner on him. Uh, I liked his style, the aggression. Um, so it should be a fun fight. So tune in for that one. Um, even though it's just kickboxing. I mean, just as someone who likes Muay Thai, just kickboxing. <laughs> no offense. Um, but yeah, speaking of Muay Thai, then the third um, fight on the card is Petch Morakot Pet D Academy. Um, putting his championship belt on the line in featherweight Muay Thai against Jamal Yusupov from Russia. Russia and Ukraine on the same card. Just saying. Um, yeah, Pat Morakot is like a no-nonsense fighter usually. Still, he, he's got some flashy moves. He's got some spilling stuff in his pocket. Um, but usually in his fights, he's like, he strips it down to the basics and just does them really, 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 really well. Um, he's not as famous as others, like Rotang, for example, who's also not the most technical, by the way. Um, but he's just very good. So I don't, uh, maybe Jamal Yusupov surprises all of us. Um, but I don't see anyone taking the title away from Pat Morakot just, just yet. I think he's still young, young enough. Um, so yeah. Then the surprise Onglan Sang is on the card. Like that's the fourth bout from the top. So the second bout of the main card. How the mighty have fallen from like being the, the champion for quite a while, always main eventing. Now Ong Lan Sang is um, the second card of the main, uh, the second fight of the main card. He faces Vitaly, Vitaly Big Dash from Russia as well, um, who's also, of course, always like touted to be like close to the top, but then I don't want to say fail because I mean they're all. They're all fantastic fighters, but never really made it to the top top. Um, so this should be interesting because Ong Lan Sang was at the top, of course, um, but now he failed against Rene De Ritter twice. Um, so then afterwards he came back with a knockout. Um, so let's let's see how this goes. I'm, I'm interested. Visually, um, Big Dash has power in his hands. Uh, so this should be interesting. This should be an interesting fight between Ong Lan Sang. Like, does he still have to fire? Um, last time when he came back after his losses with like the beer and everything. Um, so let's see how he looks this time around. I also think that here, for example, and more on this also the next week, here, one Championship could have like, and one Championship is quite good at running their own social media challenge, uh, challenge channels, challenges too. It doesn't really fit with the overall topic theme, in my opinion. Um, by the way, the background noise you're hearing the whole time are my are my cats killing their newest toy. Kids? Anyway, so they do a great job like posting lots of content. Problem is they're very repetitive. They post like all the same Alan Nalani posts all the time, him doing splits and backflips and stuff, even though he hasn't won a fight in like a century. Um, still looks cool though, but it's very repetitive. And I think they could have, it, it, they, they show like knockouts and stuff in slow motion very often, like, and then how the person hits the canvas and like knees to the ground upon, which is legal, yeah. But for a company that runs on like respect and blah, 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 like the martial arts, the Bushido code and stuff like this, 
that doesn't fit as you show those things, I think. Um, like and, and, and glorify the violence in this case. Why, why not glorify the respect and all those stuff, which they also do, but and they show lots of like those violent knockouts and stuff like this, which I understand, but it just, I think, doesn't fit the, the theme. But I should analyze this next time around. So Ong Lan Sang, they could have done a way better job at also utilizing him as the face of Myanmar, um, in brackets Burma, how they do it like on one championship web website. Um, yeah, so... Again, I'm going to analyze it next week, but yeah, I, I hope Ongla's got this because he's been the face of the division for so long. Um, and it would just be nice to see him not, not like lose again. Um, so yeah, I'm all for Ongla here. Um, and it's the third fight of the main card, my bad. Um, the second fight on the main card is representing my home country of Germany, Enrico, the Hurricane Kale um, versus Typhoon Oshan. Um, this should be fun. Like both like accomplished kickboxers. Maybe a little bit past that prime. Prime, don't kick my asses, guys. You, I know you're still awesome. I'm looking forward to this one. Enrico Kale, of course, um, like ruthless aggression fighter, um, moving forward, throwing, spinning backfists um, until the backfist bleeds. I don't know what to say. Uh, Typhoon Oshkan, the last time he fought was a little bit, little bit disappointing. But maybe it's now time to bounce back. So I'm, I'm looking forward to like two very accomplished kickboxers. This should be a fun fight, actually. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this, this one. Um, the opener of the main card is uh, Fabricio Andrade versus Jeremy Pacatiao, Pacatiao, Pacatiao from the Philippines. There are two like younger guys who both won the last fights emphatically, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, if memory serves me well. So this should be fun. Bantam weight, so this means they can go for days. Um, yeah, that should, should be fun. No clear favorite for me. Andrade, I think, with a knockout last time, if I'm not mistaken, like a punch, knockout by punches, I believe, if, if, I, if I had this right in my memory. And Pegaccio, um, if that's the right way to pronounce it, um, I forgot how he won, but I think he also won via stoppage last time, if I'm not mistaken. So um, this should also just be a fun fight, I guess. In the lead card, there's just one fight I actually want to highlight because it fits the the theme of how the mighty have fallen. Um, Sebastian Kadestam is on is on the lead card. He's the one, two, three, four, five, six fight on the lead card. Former welterweight champion of the world in one championship, and now he's he lost like I don't know three or four in a row, and now he's like on the lead card against Valmir da Silva from Brazil, who looks very young, who I don't know yet. So um, yes, it's really crazy to see like how Kadastam like, with like I don't know a few fight win uh, losing streak skit. That's how you call it, right? Uh, and then he's down down on the card. Let's see if he can like rekindle that fire. It would be interesting. Or if he's now just the former champion that stands in the way of the young up-and-comer. So that should be really interesting. Also something you could utilize in the media, by the way, to tell a story. Just saying. But again, more on this on how to use media and how to tell stories um, next week when the official MMA Monday relaunches here on the Funkit Pod. Until then, maybe let me know what, what exactly do you want to know? What do you want to see? Do you want, do you want me to analyze something in particular? Shout out. I shall do so. Um, just don't ask me to critique websites. 
um, while I'm also in digital marketing and stuff like this, while I, I study those things, um, all the websites suck. <laughs> UFC, one championship, maybe still the best of those. Bellator is terrible. Um, PFL is also not much better. Bare is just the worst website ever. Guys, any of those co corporations need a, need a website, I'll get you one for free. I'll have my students do those for you as a, as a, as a, as a class project or something. It's going to look better than what you all have because they are all terrible. Okay. Having that uh, now off my chest, that's it for this week. Um, as always, thanks for joining. Stay tuned. Um, yeah, subscribe, like, share this thing, rate it. That would be nice. And don't forget to always keep your guard up. I see and talk to you next week. Saudi Cup. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not.